Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Roisin. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specializes in training women with fertility problems. I myself have PCOS and I've had two beautiful boys, and I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, light-hearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. Welcome everybody to this week's show. We are going to be talking about running and in particular running and fertility. We are both very excited because we're both runners and we just have loads to chat about really. We're going to keep it into fertility uh, but we can't wait to talk. I myself love running as you can probably tell. We'll run uh, in pretty much any weather. I don't know if you're the same actually Roisin. I'm more fair weather. Always have, always (laughs) will be. I think even though both of us are runners and that is true, we we approach running in very different ways. I think when I was running, I was running just for races, for, for things that I had entered myself into, usually on the back of bets with my husband. <laughs> I think you kind of run year round, don't you? Yeah. There's, there's not a point in the year that you don't go out. I run all year round. The reason that I run, to be quite honest, is for my mental health a lot of the time. It does help me with my physical health, which I'll talk about. But for me, running is a massive mental health support. I probably started running when I was about 18. I remember the first kind of run that I did. I just, I don't know what got into me. I just suddenly thought, you know what, I'm going to go running. So I put on some old trainers that were completely battered and probably just find a cotton t-shirt lying around, put it on. And then all I did was I ran from my parents' house because I think I was home for the summer. And I ran to the nearby farm and I ran back again. And it's probably less than, I don't know, it's about two miles. And I was really proud of myself and rightly so, because two miles is a long way when you haven't run before. Oh my God, for the next, I don't know, three, four days, Mm. the pain... This is the DOMS, so this is the delayed onset muscle soreness, and it's basically where the lactic acid is built up in your muscles. I was in so much pain, I can't even begin to describe it. But I was also incredibly proud of myself, because it was a big achievement. I like a challenge. I I kept going, I went back, you know, when I'd recovered and I kept running. I really got into it when I was going through my own infertility journey. It was partly to keep my BMI in check, because we all know that your BMI has to be 29 or below. And although mine was quite comfortably within that range, I also like pizza and I also like chocolate. So, you know, I didn't want to risk anything. So I kept running. But really for me, throughout infertility, it was for my mental health. It got me off my phone. It got me off other websites. And it was just a little bit of me time. I always remember you running with a hangover. Amazed at this. Hang on a minute. Roisin, good grief. I remember you going, oh, I've had a few glasses of wine last night. I need to go for a run. While I was lying on the couch going, I can't move. Uh, If our friend Pete is listening, the story he would share would be, I had um, mushrooms, I think, for breakfast. Like, I was trying to be healthy. I don't know what, maybe I had mushrooms and an egg. I decided to go for a run. And I really got into it. And this is one of the things, like, with the mental health. I had the happy hormones flow and I had the endorphins. And I knew it was going to be an out and back. So, you you know, you hit a certain distance and then you turn around and come back. But basically, I just kept going. And in my head, I decided to get to 10 miles. Five miles there, five miles back. Long story short, I hadn't had any carbs. And when I got back into the house, I don't think I've ever felt as ill in my entire life. To the point where I think my blood sugar had dropped so much, I did just go upstairs and vomit in the toilet. And really what I needed was just someone to bring me like instant sugar, like chocolate or carbs. Pete, our lovable friend, just sat on the sofa and killed himself laughing and he has never let me forget it. So yeah, tip number one, people, make sure you are eating plenty of fuel when you go running because it was horrendous. 
but I do like to run on a hangover. It gets rid of it. It's interesting that you talk about the runner's high because that's honestly, I think, why most of us do it. That feeling of euphoria when you're in the middle of a run. You don't always get a runner's high. It isn't there for you every time. You can, as a runner, experience quite difficult runs. When I was training for a marathon, I would say that one out of four runs, I was getting runners high. And one out of four mm. runs, I was just having the worst time of my life. And then two runs were pretty okay. But in the time that you have the runners high, I completely understand why you didn't want to stop. You wanted to keep going, kind of lean into it because it's quite addictive. It is vital that you keep fueled up for that reason because you will hit a wall and it will just be awful. A lot of people that are trying to lose weight run. And so therefore, they're often running on an empty stomach. And I think just by the action of running on an empty stomach, you're going to have a bad run. You're not going to have the energy. You're not going to achieve that high. The point of food in this context is for fuel. I am going to be proud of myself here. And I recently got a personal best in my half marathon. I finally got a sub two hour half marathon, which for, for me, listeners, I am, a, you know, I'm a normal runner. OK, so this is a big deal for me. I can go for quite a long time, but I'm not fast. So I'm really proud of myself. One of the things that made the biggest difference for me, I ate the whole way round. <laughs> I didn't stop eating. In the run is not the time to be losing the weight. To give you a little bit of context so that this kind of makes sense, because we do know that for a lot of people, BMI is really important and it is a really important aspect of the fertility journey. But to give you a little bit of context for this, in terms of pure calories, running a mile very, very roughly will burn about 100 calories. And it is rough because it depends on your weight and speed, actually not that much, but a little bit of speed but kind of your starting weight, the load that you're carrying. So how much effort you're putting into it. So you're looking at about 100-ish calories, just to give you a little bit of context. In order to lose around a pound a week, you need to be losing about 3,500 calories over the week from what you would normally eat, which is basically 500 calories a day. This is very, very rough to anyone listening, just to give you a little bit of context. If you did that purely on running, you would have to run five miles a day every day, which I definitely do not recommend. The kind of nutrition and the diet side of it is really important. When you come back from your run, celebrate the run, be delighted with yourself. Hopefully it's had a great effect on your mental health. What you need to do is refuel in a healthy way. One of my favorite go-tos for refueling, because you want a lovely mix of kind of your protein and your carbs and your healthy fats, is uh, peanut butter. And I have to be honest, a PB&J when you get back from a run, so peanut butter and jelly, as our um, American friends would say, is actually fantastic. But quite often I'll just take a spoonful of peanut butter and it's just enough to give me some really good energy to refuel after that run. If you have approximately one spoonful of peanut butter, and obviously it'll depend on the brand, but you're looking at about 100 calories. But that that's good. That's a, that's a nice refuel. Um, for anyone that enjoys a Domino's pizza out there, just to give you a little bit, there are approximately, depending on the flavour, 250 calories at a slice. I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry to be the bearer of bad news. But try to refuel in a really healthy way, because otherwise you've run two miles, three miles, four miles, and you've eaten those calories in the space of 10 minutes when you get in. Running's a difficult one because I find that where I've always managed to lose more weight by doing weight training than by doing cardio and running. I've always felt in my peak fitness and in my very best place when I'm doing both. I suppose we should really discuss kind of the process of the run, really. What do you expect? Because if you've never done it, this is kind of how it works. What you tend to find is that you put on your trainers, you go somewhere, you put on your headphones and you start running and it's horrible. It is. That first mile mm, is a shocker. But there is a point mm -hmm. about 
1K, I would say K, come up to a mile, that you start to get into your stride. And then your body starts to move and it starts to move a little bit more gracefully, just less huffing and puffing. Your mind might start wandering away from the pain in your ankles and the pain in your knees and the pain in your hips. And believe me, this happens to 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, anyone that who runs. Everyone is super concerned in the first kind of K or in the first mile. And it becomes way more glacial. And then suddenly you're into a different part of the run. And that's the bit where you're really starting to access your breathing and your stress reduction. It's great for your mind. That's the bit that people come back for. And then at the end, you tend to have that kind of exhilaration. So if you don't have the runner's high, you tend to have the exhilaration of something achieved, a target met, something that you set out to do that was tough, that you've achieved. To have that two or three times a week, it's just so wonderful. One of the key things is you will improve very quickly with running. And this is one of the lovely things about this as a sport, because you will improve run on run, especially if you haven't really run before. And again, just to be clear, by running, you don't need to be going fast. I want to really put this out there. When Roshan and I are talking about running, we're just talking about putting one foot in front of the other, probably going a bit faster than a walk. That's it. The reason we're really happy to talk about this is because we're both normal runners. We're not Olympians, as fabulous as we are. So we're just talking about slightly faster than walking, bit of an exertion, your heart rate goes up a little bit. But you will improve very, very quickly. And if you've got your Fitbit or your kind of smartwatch or your Garmin or whatever brand it is that you choose to wear, you will notice quite quickly that your stats start to improve. And by improvement, I mean things like you will be able to go ever so slightly longer in terms of distance or time. So it might be that you can jog a mile without stopping. And then on the next one, you can do a mile and maybe a quarter of a mile. So it just gradually adds up or you can do three minutes without stopping. And then on the next one, you do three minutes and 15 seconds. That's significant in running. So you'll improve very, very quickly. And like Roshin says, you get this really lovely reward because you are proud of yourself and you absolutely should be proud of yourself because it's hard. You know, you're lugging your body around (laughs) and your heart. And it's like you've been sitting there watching Netflix. Then you suddenly get yourself off the sofa and your heart kind of goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, Hang on, people. We were chilling. And now all of a sudden you're making me work really hard. But what I did want to talk to you about is sports bras, because I think this is actually a really important thing to talk about now, just for anyone that's listening. Your boobs, your breasts, whatever you want to call them, they are very important, especially when it comes to pregnancy and possibly, you know, breastfeeding in the future. You have to wear a decent sports bra. For me, I enjoy the Shock Absorber brand. We are not sponsored, sadly. I know my sister likes a Sweaty Betty brand. Roshan, do you have a preference? I tend to go to Marks and Sparks for all my bras. Because they do a proper measure. Mm. I find that if I'm trying to buy online, it might be catching me under the arms or the back mm-hmm. is too elaborate. It's too difficult to get in and out of. Some of them are incredibly elaborate. Right cup size for you, right back size for you. Easy to put on and easy to sling mm. off the minute you can. I always religiously go to MS. You need a sports bra that will support your boobs, please. It is very, very important. <laughs> So yeah, whatever floats your boat. But like Roisin, you just said, getting the size in the cup right. It might not have occurred to a lot of people that you can actually get properly measured. So please look after your boobs. And then what you were saying about how that first mile really hurts. For some of our listeners who are thinking, right, you know what? It's going to be a good way for me to burn some extra calories, maintain my BMI. So how do I start? The advice is always start slowly. And I mean that in terms of your overall training plan for the next six months, but I also mean it literally for that run that you are in. And that applies whether you are a world champion, or whether you are a complete beginner, you start every single run at an easy effort. 
And effort is really, really important. I'm not measuring you on the clock. I mean, how difficult is it for you to breathe? A really easy effort. So we're looking at maybe a five or six out of 10, just maybe for that first mile or so, just to warm your body up. But then what you'll notice is you reach, I'm gonna call it discomfort, not pain. You will reach a level of discomfort, but it doesn't, it's not linear. It doesn't keep getting worse, but that discomfort will then kind of fade. It doesn't keep getting worse for the duration of the run. You'll hit a point and you'll be like, okay, this is just how it's gonna feel, but start very, very slowly. So build up slowly, quite literally in the run and then build up either time or mileage very, very slowly. I would say don't stress too much about the mileage. If you're running for longer and you're interested in distance, you will be running further. And a lot of the marathon, half marathon, 10K, 5K training plans, they won't actually do it in terms of distance, kilometers or miles. They will actually just do it in terms of time because they'll just say, if you can jog for 30 seconds and then walk for two minutes. And that's brilliant. On the next run, if you can jog for 45 seconds, walk for a minute and a half. And it will just gradually, 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 gradually build you up. There is a real risk if you go too quickly of things like stress fractures. And you do hear Olympians getting stress fractures as well when they, they basically smash the training. And it's not that you've fallen over or that you've damaged yourself in that particular way. It's just that your bones just aren't ready yet. You literally put your body under too much stress and you can get a fracture in your foot or your ankle. What you don't want to happen is you get into it, you enjoy your running and then you get injured. So really, really just gradually build up really slowly. You will probably feel after your first couple of runs a little bit sore. It kind of comes with the territory. Start slower than you want and go for shorter distances mm -hmm. that you'd like. But whatever length of time that you've run for, if you run for 10 minutes, stretch for 10 minutes. The having the habit of stretching after running. And I was guilty of just like running in on the long runs and going, oh, put my feet up and going, no, nah, I'm not doing it tonight and regretting it every single time. Mm -hmm. Just have a routine. The stretch is as important as the run and it will maintain your ability to keep on running. If you stop stretching, eventually you will have to stop running because there will be an injury. There will be an injury. Everything gets really tight, but also the cool down, which I've talked about before, but it's why I have them in all of my workout. You are lowering your stress hormones. If you do the kind of yoga poses and the yoga stretches, you know, the downward dog, pigeon pose, that type of thing, cat cow. It's helping you cool down, but it's also increasing blood flow to the uterus and ovaries. And you know, we're all about fertility here. So there, there are so many ways to gently nudge your fertility. So you've done the run, your mental health has improved, which is amazing. You've got off mum's net. You haven't gone down the dark, you know, spiraling hole of Google. And, and then you come back in, you're proud of the run, which is a really nice boost for your mental health because infertility sucks and it takes a lot out of you. You've burned some calories, which is great if you're trying to maintain a lower BMI, but then you're increasing blood flow, uterus and ovaries. And again, they're all just little nudges that Roshan and I talk about all the time, but every little nudge helps. You're still working on your fertility. And also a good cool down and stretching routine creates a lovely supple body. And what I found was after I had to learn the lesson of not stretching for long enough, then I had to really <laughs> lean into the, the stretching. I used the stretching as real time to try and get some flexibility and, and get more bang for my buck. What then made you actually start running? It's quite a significant thing to turn the thought into an action. I can remember vividly why I decided to start running. My husband and his brothers, so all three of them, I think it was, a, I think it was one of those drunken New Year's Eve bets, let's do a marathon. <laughs> and all from a standing start, they managed to do the Dublin Marathon. And they said, cool. They really enjoyed it. They all lived in different parts of the world. One in Oz, I think one was in the UK, one was in America at the time, something like that. So they found it as a real sort of bonding experience and that they had to be in the same city 
at least once a year if they kept on doing these marathons. They started by doing Dublin, so that was essentially Europe. And then they decided that they would do a marathon on every continent, which they did. So they got to go to some amazing places like Japan and Australia, Antarctica. My sister-in-law started joining in. It felt like the net was closing. I was the only one that was refusing to do it. And I think they were, they were about to do Everest. Believe it or not, you could climb to base camp and do a marathon down the side of Everest, which is something that they were planning on doing. They wanted to do a training marathon in the in-between because you're going to really need to have like incredible strength and incredible endurance and fitness to do the base camp marathon. And they said, well, we'll do Dublin. And my sister-in-laws and my brother-in-laws and my husband all sat around and going, and Roshin can look after the kids. And I went, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Oh, hell no. Because it's easier for me to run for four hours than look after every single other person's kid. And also, I just didn't like the assumption that I would be the one that wasn't doing at that time. I had just had my second baby, baby Sophie, and I needed to get into shape anyhow. But I wanted a way of sort of strengthening my body, bringing it back. And I started with a running app, which was essentially a coach to 5K. And it really just went from there. I was so pleased that I did it and instilled in me kind of faith in what my body can do. Just give it enough time. Believe me, from a standing start, I was not healthy. I was not in good shape. It wasn't just as a result of the pregnancies. It was my lifestyle over many years. From that time onwards, fitness became part of who I am and I started understanding there's real benefit to this the other really cool Mm. thing but what you absolutely get is incredibly toned I remember my stomach being more toned than ever your hips your bum your thighs or everything because the twisting motion when you're running really strengthening that lower stomach Mm. area it's great for your pelvic floor it's incredible for that and if you're smart about it and add those cool down exercises that Maria has, you start building some real flexibility in your body as well. Your hip flexibility is massively important. It means you can actually walk properly. It sounds silly, but it, I can see people walking around day to day whose hips are tight. And I can tell you from looking at them that their hips are tight. Their stride length is short and their lower back hurts. So if you're someone that has constant lower back pain, knee pain, ankle pain, it might be that your hips are really tight because all the other muscles are are working overtime. How did that first run feel? This sounds a bit weird and this will go back to what you said about taking it slow. I realised that I had actually quite a fast natural tempo. So everyone has Mm. their own kind of, it's like an internal speed is the best way to describe it. And I found it really hard initially to slow down. I was running like someone was chasing me and (laughs) I just kept on thinking, I need to slow down. Don't get me wrong, when you start putting in proper mileage, that does tend to go. So the things that I did to actually solve that problem, Mm. because everyone does have a natural pace, is that I changed my music. So I changed the actual beats per minute of the music that I listened to. But the other thing that I actually went for was audiobooks. And this is another great thing about running. When you know that you've got a good book on the go, and comedians books are always the best because they tell funny mm-hmm. stories when you're running along you're laughing the other thing that i think we have to note is that not everyone wants to do long long runs many ways of cutting the running cake and the other way that i do now because i am not training for marathons i want to do some running i don't want to be out there for the rest of my life i don't want to have to consume hours of audiobooks <laughs> and what i now do is i just do a 10k but max what i would do is a 10k 
started off by doing 5k and then it was all about I want to do 5k and then I did the 5k and it took me x amount of time and then what I try to do is I tried to do it faster and faster and faster and faster so it became more aerobic once I got to the 5k and I, I could really think that it was at the maximum that I could run that 5k then I added on 6k and now I'm at 10k and I try and now I'm just trying to run that 10k as fast as I possibly can the other thing, if you are time poor, and I've I've actually been doing this more consciously, is so the other day I went out and I just did hill reps. I'm basically on the edge of the Peak District, so nowhere is flat here, and I'm rubbish at running uphill. So I was probably only out for 20, 25 minutes, but it was a really good workout and I felt great afterwards. And it's a worthy workout. It helps you run. It's not a cop-out. It's hard. It's harder than running longer and slower, I would say. So there are definitely ways you can fit in running. And again, if we were to get really technical, a hill rep run is a good run. A sprint run is a good run. There are ways around it. For someone that was trying to drag that BMI down what would be your ideal combination of exercise would it be two runs to weight how would it look everybody does respond differently to exercise so that would be my first thing but what I would say is if you can combine strength training and running like you actually do Roisin then that's brilliant for fertility we've talked in the past but muscle mass is really helpful for fertility because if you have less fat Fat is a live tissue, it can interfere with ovulation. So to get rid of the fat through the cardio, that's a brilliant thing to do. And then building up the muscle with some resistance training, which basically just means more of your squats, more of your push-ups, maybe lifting some dumbbells, that type of thing. That helps to build muscle. Muscle burns more than fat. So if you can get a lovely balance of some resistance training and some kind of cardio, and it doesn't have to be fast, that's a really nice combo because you're changing your body composition to burn more. Even at basic level, you are just burning more calories. And also you'll feel really good. You'll feel really strong. And if you have insulin resistant PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, increased muscle mass has been shown to make quite a significant difference in terms of how your body responds to sugar. And that can be a massive win as well. So a nice combo of the two. We have some rules for running. Let's go back over them. Start slowly in terms of the run that you're doing. A talking pace is a good pace. So if you're going out with a pal, if me and Roisin were going running, despite Roisin wanting to run off super fast, (laughs) slow it down so that you can have a conversation. So start slow. Build up very, very slowly. If you want to start adding in miles or kilometres, literally like half a kilometre or one extra minute per run because you all want to avoid injury such as stress fractures. Make sure you eat well and make sure you eat carbohydrates. Do not do what I did because you will then vomit profusely when you come home, which nobody likes. When you come back, try not to, for lack of a better term, stuff your face. Um, It's very tempting because you probably will feel hungry. So to avoid that, eat protein when you get back. My favourite is peanut butter because it will help you feel full quite quickly and you won't need as much of it so you get a lot more bang for your buck protein um so things like peanut butter and apple that's really nice because you've got a nice bit of fiber and you've got a nice bit of protein there as well and i would like to say community is key so going running with a friend is great don't be afraid to join a running club people get really freaked out when they hear running clubs but they have groups of all different levels you know a b c d e if i was going to go to a running club i might join my local one i'm probably just going to go along to group d it's a nice pace we're going to have a chat they look after you and you're there with a community and you're more likely to go back the next week as well. And the other thing is to help with your running. Although, like Rosine said, running will help with your legs, 
getting in some kind of resistance, which just means kind of strength training is also super important because you actually need to build up your back muscles, which is something I'm working on at the minute. I'm getting all my rows in, in the gym, the dumbbell rows. Your core is super important. Roshin did talk about how it will definitely help to burn fat quite often around the belly. So you'll end up with, you know, a, a lovely kind of nice flat toned stomach, but you have to build up your core muscles because it keeps you upright. And the better your core is, the better your running will be. It's like having a really solid trunk. So definitely try and mix it up a little bit with resistance training as well. And what do you see as the main advantage of running for women that are suffering from infertility problems? There was a really nice piece of research done. In fact, there's been a couple of pieces of research looking at how running affects your menstrual cycle in the different stages of your cycle, because a lot of people get in touch with me and they ask, can I run if I'm trying to get pregnant? Can I run if I'm going to IVF? Can I run if I've got infertility? That's probably one of the number one running questions I get. So there was some really lovely research done. And again, to cut a long story short, what they found is that there have been some links with endurance running affecting your cycle. Um, it's not a guarantee. And if you're already used to running, then it might not have as big an effect. But there was some research done that found one woman in particular, the more she ran, the shorter her luteal phase was, which is the second half of your cycle. And in some women, endurance running can affect a particular type of estrogen that you have as well. And they also find a relationship between endurance running and progesterone levels. So it's not a guarantee and it's not to say you can't run. It's just to say it is really interesting. There is a lot of good research out there now. But basically, if you're used to running, you should be okay listen to your body don't do too much but the key thing which is really important is track your cycles which we've talked about in our menstrual tracking uh podcast episode track your cycles use whatever app you want to use and just keep an eye and if there are any significant differences if the follicular phase if your ovulation date changes if your luteal phase changes please just keep an eye on it and maybe just rein in the running a little bit if you start to notice a difference that would be my main advice on that one we've covered a huge amount on running you can tell that we're fans. Maria genuinely <laughs> knows so much about it. So if you've got any questions whatsoever, get in touch. So Maria, what will we be discussing next week? Next week, we have another fabulous guest coming on the show. We actually have Nikki Aiken, who is a Conservative MP, and we are delighted to have her on to talk about fertility in the workplace. We're very, very excited to definitely tune in next week because there's going to be loads to talk about and it could affect a lot of our listeners as well. So tune in next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week and please rate, comment and really importantly share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and they may need that little bit of extra help. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. We strongly recommend that you consult your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a worth a listen production.